That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that'll teach you how to survive the things that could kill you. Like eagles attacking, your car stalled on the railroad tracks, or being lost at sea. And the things that'll just make you wish you were dead. Forgetting to wear a bra... Losing your car in a parking lot, or having to poop in a bucket. Oh, that sounds all terrible. Maybe we should just play <laughs> the theme song. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. Love the Dylan. Ground is shaking under our feet. Mountains on fire, flooding in the street. Can't breathe the air, can't fight the feeling. Goblin down, Xanax ain't the way to be dealing. Gotta do better than just getting high. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I'm Danielle. I'm Christine. <laughs> I guess I'm just laughing because I just did a silly face before we started to, to pump up my energy. I loved it. It looked like you were so excited to be here, yeah. you couldn't contain yourself. I can't. I am so excited. I'm excited to be here. Sure. I got not? my car back. I know. That's very exciting. So here's some exciting news. Yes. I think it's still going to be exciting by the time listeners hear this. Sure. I was listening to The Daily. Yeah. Uh, probably everyone's heard of that podcast. And they had a whole episode on Adnan Syed's release. Was that Today's Daily? That was Today's Daily. Okay. Um, for those of you who haven't heard of him, he's from the wildly popular serial podcast that was like... It the, was the, the podcast that launched all true all, crime yes, podcast. That, that thing, that was such an event. I mean, it I remember was, yeah. Sven and I texting each other and being like, the new episode just dropped. And like, we'd be <laughs> just in our cars, like parked somewhere, yeah. listening and like calling each yeah. other to talk about the, the ne that episode. It was, yeah. it was like must see podcasting, must listen. Um, did you listen to it, Karen? I did. Yeah. Did and everybody did. Well, not people, not who don't, people listen don't listen to podcasts, podcasts but yeah. yeah, I mean, I had, a, I know I had friends who were like, had no idea what I was talking about, but mostly, yeah. Um, SNL did a skit on it. 
Yes, yes, yes. And then basically that character on Tina Fey's character on Only Murders in the Building is basically Sarah Koenig. Yes. Um, You're right. It's like a, well, it's like a, you know, that's exaggerated. Sort of yes. Host. Yeah. And Sarah Koenig, yes, was my grandmother. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's very exciting that she pronounces it Koenig. It me. is. Um, anyway, so the news is. Well, the news is they passed a new law in. The, uh, is it? It's Boston, right? Jesus, I have no idea. Oh my gosh, I, I've only listened to hours okay. and hours and watched hours and hours, but yes. I don't remember those where kind it's of place. those kind of details don't stay in my head. Baltimore. Thank you. That I was I had the B right. They passed a new law that after twenty years, if you're if you were convicted of a crime when you were a teenager, after twenty years they will look at your case again. Ah. And so they looked at the case and they were like, wait a second. This is there's so many problems here. There's so much right. so many different issues. And there's evidence that wasn't looked at at the time. A couple handwritten notes that seem to point to hmm. another suspect. Basically, they said, we're not saying you're innocent. Right. I heard the prosecutors. We don't have enough. Don't necessarily think he's innocent. Um, and they, Sarah Koenig is in this, in, this, in this episode of The Daily Talking. And she didn't, she was like, I'm not going to say any names. But I was like, oh, it's definitely Jay. Remember the friend Jay, who was his best friend, who yes. was like, uh, he called me and said, I'm going to show you the body and he, I want you to come and help me bury it. Right. I was, and I was always like, Jay, you are lying. Oh, this so story she, kept changing. So she thinks it is Jay so, who killed? I, I do. She didn't. I just don't remember enough. My, I have such a fucking terrible memory that I'm just like, I don't even remember if I left off thinking he was guilty or not. I remember every episode I was like, oh, he did it. Nope, he didn't do it. Same. I, I still don't remember where I left off. I, on it. I felt the same way. I think at the time I was like, he did not do this. And then there'd be another episode and I'd be like, eh, hey, maybe. I think. And then I've heard like, they purposely left out really incriminating yes. things against him from yes. the podcast. Yes, it was. It, it, I remember feeling like a little bit manipulated in the sense oh, that it was like that making a murder Netflix documentary where I was like, whoa, they wanted me to think that guy didn't right. do it. But then they left out so much information yes. that when you go on your own and you yeah. read more of the case, yeah. it's really disappointing because you can make it as interesting and put, I don't know, it's like she fell in love with him. I mean, that's yes. how you, right? That was sort of the joke. Was yes. like she was getting the hots for Adnan. Adnan. Documentaries are not unbiased. No, they're not. Well, I didn't know you were going to talk about this today, but coincidentally, I am now reading Compulsion. Do you know what Compulsion is? No. Okay. Have you heard of the Leopold Loeb case from the 20s? It's familiar. Okay. You probably know it, Garen, because you know the Hitchcock movie Rope. Yes. Okay. So Rope and Compulsion are two movies that are based on the story of two teenagers who killed basically because they thought they were superior human beings and that um, there's no free will. Like, this is what they... They, they they have a different sense of morality. Anyway, they're fucked up. They're these fucked up teenagers who are brilliant, of course. And, um, and Compulsion is a very thinly veiled story of... They changed the names of the guys, but basically it's they called it the first true story novel. Huh. Um, I'm going to read it because it's fascinating and it's really written well. And um, it's just like gets you into the mind of the guys. But yeah. it also gets you into the mind of the uh, the author happened to have gone to school with them. They were all three geniuses who graduated okay. high school at 14, 14 or 15. 
and um, he was a reporter. This guy who wrote the book, he was a reporter. It's like his name is, oh, it's Meyer Levin, because I always want to say Meyer Lemon. Yes. It's Meyer Levin. <laughs> and um, I'm not quite clear how much he actually was involved in reporting on the case. It's That part's a little confusing, because I don't know how much is fiction about that part. But anyway, if you like spooky things, yes. and you're interested in human psychology, yes. and sign me up. It's, um, I've always liked the movie Rope, and I've always known about the story, but I've never realized I don't know if I realized Compulsion the movie was based on a book, but anyway. So there's Compulsion the book, and there's also Compulsion, Compulsion the, the movie, movie, which is right not related to Rope, which is also a movie by Alfred Hitchcock. Right, which and they're all loosely based, or more than loosely based, on Leopold and Loeb. This is so exciting because you've given me four things <laughs> to look forward to. Three things. No, because I don't know about Leopold and Loeb either, so I oh, can so go down read that about rabbit them. hole. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never seen Rope, which is exciting because yes. I love Alfred Hitchcock. Right. I love Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Wait, I just want to say this and then we'll get to the show. But so yesterday, look, I am employed. I actually am working, but the show, it doesn't really take that much time. Braggart. So I have a lot. I still have a lot of free time on my hands. And um, so yesterday I was eating lunch. I was like, well, I'll just watch something while I'm eating lunch. So I put on, I just like put in on Netflix house. Like maybe I can watch one of those house renovation shows. Okay. So it's some show called like Instant House Makeover or Instant Something. And Danielle Brooks from uh, Orange is the New Black is the host for no reason. Oh, I'm sorry. She's not the host. She's the team leader. (laughs) (laughs) She knows nothing about making houses. Anyway, the premise of the show is that they get you out of your house like one person's in on it. And they get you out of your house for 12 hours. But meanwhile, they've reconstructed basically your house in a warehouse and they've already figured out what they're going to do. And in 12 hours, they're going to remodel your entire house. Mm -mm. So, okay, fair enough. That's the premise. Um, This is the first episode. Okay. First episode. The man is the one. The husband is the one who is in on it. Okay. He has submitted them. So it's him and his wife and his wife's mother. Who's blind? What? What? <laughs> Why? So, I mean, so when it's the reveal, it's like, this room is really dark blue, Mom. Why would they do that? <laughs> it's like, oh, Mom. And then she just keeps going, it seems really fresh. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, like, well, now you're going to have to learn how to navigate a whole new. <laughs> it's just like, you have to memorize a whole new. It's just way. more work for her. It's just so much more work. She was crying and she was very appreciative, and they made like a sensory garden for her. But like, there were steps yes. in the garden. There were steps down to the garden. And she is 100% blind from what I could understand. She wasn't born blind. She, like, from some reason yes. became. So I'm like, this is so funny. Mom. The couch is pink. <laughs> well, I guess she knows what pink. I mean, I'm, yes, she understands but it was pink. So weird. And I was like, this is the first episode they show. They should have started with a more normal situation. That's so bizarre. It was very sweet, and the woman was pregnant, and they were going to bring a baby. And they had. I mean, the house was a disaster. It was a very cute house that was a disaster. Yes. So ultimately, it will be easier for the woman to get around, the grandmother to get around. But. <laughs> She just kept saying, it seems so fresh. Mm, fresh. She's uh, kicking things over. Yeah, she's just house. tripping over the ottoman. That must have been horrible to edit. Oh, I forgot to tell you, Mom, there's an ottoman there now. It's it's orange. Okay. Are we ready to um, get into our topic? Speaking of being lost in your own home, 
Yes. This is How to Survive Being Lost at Sea. Ooh, I love this. Okay. So it's it's kind of how to survive at sea with many different situations that go on. It's not all about being lost at sea, but my stories, plural, are about being mm. lost at sea. We'll see if we get to both of them. We'll see. Okay. 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 First, a little factoid. I love factoids. Jose Salvador Alvarenga nice. holds the record for the longest so- solo survival at sea. He was adrift for... 438 days. What? That's more than a year. Yeah. And traveled over 6,700 miles. That's not a record you want to ever hold, I would imagine. Uh, No. No. Below is an extract from the newly released Ultimate Survival Manual. Rich Johnson is a former paratrooper and demolition officer who once survived in the desert wilderness for a year, living in a cave and eating insects. Oh. This is the guy who wrote this. I just thought that was interesting. That okay. is. Find drinking water at sea. Oh, yeah, that seems hard. Yes. Water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. Now, not if you're prepared. Not if you're prepared, resourceful and willing to put effort into collecting drinkable water. And you should be. It will save your life. Yeah, I'm going to make this effort. Trap moisture. Outfit your vessel with a plastic tarpaulin. I looked it up. It's basically a tarp. Yeah. I guess tarp is just short for tarpaulin. Yeah, maybe they're just being fancy. Yeah. To catch rainwater and drain it into containers, allowing the first drops of rain to wash the salt off of the tarpaulin. If you don't have a tarpaulin, use fabric to absorb moisture. Then wring it out into containers. Never drink salt water. It will make you ill and speed dehydration and death. So they're saying that everything already has salt on it when you're in the ocean. Okay. So you have to... Rinse that off first. Yes. So don't just drink those first drops. That's right. Oh, that's going to be hard. You're going to be so thirsty. So thirsty. Maybe you can just hold out your tongue. That's true. And get yeah. the rain. Get those drops. What if your tongue has salt all over it? It probably does. When you've been... Don't swallow your tongue. That's going to be hard. I'm thirsty. When you've been adrift at sea for a period of time, all your clothes end up encrusted with salt crystals. At the first sign of rain, give all your clothes and other fabrics a seawater bath. Yes, it's salty. I know it sounds hmm. paradoxical. It does. It's salty, but not as salty as the salt residue, which will make any water it contacts undrinkable. So they're saying the, Wash the crystals. Your yes, in the salty. In the salt sea. water, it's better than. I know it sounds crazy. I'll do it. I'll do it. I know. If you have sails, make a bowl out of them to capture the water. Tarps, shirts, plastic sheets, and even the raft itself can all collect water. Any can, bottle, or other container can store it. The first, because I was thinking, like, why wouldn't you just collect it in the in the bottle? But then I was like, oh, obviously that's harder to make sure it aims into the bottle. So you want to collect small, it in something bigger yeah. and then pour it into the bottle or can. Um, the first water you collect will have a high salt content, so store it separately and use it to clean wounds or to wash food before eating. Okay. Orient yourself by the stars. <laughs> this, that's yeah, that's yeah. the exact exact reaction I had yeah. when I read it. I uh-huh. was like, "Yeah, right. Okay, well, I hope I have enough water until someone finds me." Yeah, because what star? I don't even know. I'm gonna tell you, and and maybe it'll make sense to people who know about stars, who are just better at these things. Okay. To find Polaris, the prominent star that's close to the North Celestial Pole. Look for the famous pattern of stars called the Big Dipper or the Plow in the constellation Ursa Major. Have you ever been able to find something that someone points out to you in the sky? Or do you just nod and pretend you see it? I can see the Big Dipper Okay, often. It, the one that looks like the 
you know, it has the handle yeah. and the cup thing. Right. I could see that, but like, I don't think I could do anything about it. It had a picture of it in the article I was reading, yeah. and I still didn't understand <laughs> I just, my mind does not want, I'm just like, uh, okay. But even if, I, if I'm if i lost at sea, and no, I tell- look up, I don't know what to do about <laughs> well, it. Well, like, wait, I'm okay. going to tell you. Oh, okay. It's not going to help. But I'm, I'm sure it's going to clear everything up. All right, ready? Yeah. Mentally draw a line connecting the stars at the end of the Big Dipper's bowl, then extend that line out five times its length to arrive at Polaris. It's hard to miss since it's the brightest star in Ursa Minor or the Little Dipper. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Seek the South Pole. Traveling, even if I could do all this, I don't know what that tells me. Yeah, because even if I'm like, okay, I found that brightest star. Does that take me to Best Buy or something? And? (laughs) I don't know. Traveling below the equator, find the Southern Cross's long axis and extend a line down four and a half times the axis length. Then locate the bright stars Rigel Kent and Hadar to the left of the Southern Cross. Wait a Figure, second. Look, you can't Those get me. just sound like po- <laughs> characters in Harry Potter. They are. <laughs> Professor R- Rigel Kent and Hadar the half-giant. <laughs> I know. It makes no... Figure figure the midpoint... I mean, I was going to leave all this out, but I knew it would be funny because I knew none of us would understand. Figure the midpoint between these two stars then imagine a perpendicular line from that point to the end of the line. Oh, come on. That intersection marks the South Pole. Okay, now we're getting into more practical things. Catch fish in open waters. Okay. Okay. If you're in a life raft... See, maybe what you should do is if you're in this situation and you're like, oh, my God, I'm lost at sea. I'm so scared. I, I don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah. And you read these instructions and then you're like, oh, my God, I don't know. I don't understand what they're talking about. And then it says catch fish. You're like, oh, that's okay, easy. I'll just do that. I'll, yeah. do, I'll catch the fish yes. and, and get the water. And everything seems easy compared to measure out five and a half times the yes. length of that wants you the to midpoint do, of the star. You know, some kind of geometry. Yeah. If you're in a life raft, small fish often gather beneath the raft. I thought this was good. Either out of curiosity or because they feel sheltered there. Who knows? But catching those fish might satisfy your need for nourishment. Troll a hand line with a hook and anything flashy to serve as a lure. Maybe your keys at one point. I mean, you don't really need them at this point. What do you need those for? Jig the lure up and down a few meters below the surface, being careful not to snag the life raft with the hook. Oh, don't do it. You would feel so you dumb. You would so stupid. Oh, One of God. those things where you're reaching behind yes. you because you've cast it, and then you flipped open oh. the raft, and it comes oh, over you, and you end on the water. And you'd feel, when you're dying, you're going to feel so dumb. So stupid. After catching a fish, use the guts as bait to catch more. Yeah. I hope there's no sharks around where you are. Yeah, it feels like also, like... Here's some ways to lure a shark. I did skip the part about sharks because we've already talked about that. So didn't we do a shark episode? Yes, am I we making did. things shit? I was like, am no, I just confusing this? We with did it with your famous New Zealand accent. Oh Jesus. Okay. Australian. Yeah. I don't do New Zealand. Sorry. I have a hard time telling those apart. Not so yours. I, no, I don't just I don't in general. Yeah. Okay, small small sailboats capsize easily, but lucky they're easy to right. Crawl up onto the overturned hull, grab the centerboard, which is called the keel, and lean back. Oh. Using your weight against the centerboard as a lever to flip the boat over. Okay. Uh, When it's upright, crawl aboard and bail out the water. If your capsized boat is a motorboat without a centerboard, riding it will take a bit more doing. 
Yeah, I'd imagine. Tie one end of a rope to something secure in the middle of a boat, like an orlock, which is also a character from Harry Potter, if I'm not. I thought so. They have magical powers, but they're mm-hmm. only half. They're half wizards and half boats. Toss the free end of the rope up onto the hull. Crawl onto the hull to grab the free end of the rope facing the side where the rope is tied. Back up toward the water and lean back using your weight against the rope to pull the boat over. Once it's upright, scramble on and start bailing. I'm not kidding. I think my experience with um, with uh, Pilates will help in this situation. Yeah, yeah, you, a lot of times you got to like you're pulling on ropes and to not fall forward into the well, as it's called, you have to lean back. You and use your abs. Your core strength is my core strength is going to say out me. of control. It really is. But I would say Dude. if you're on the on the speedboat, you don't want to use your keys to fish because <laughs> no, not you those probably keys. need those keys. I meant house keys, but did you hear Karen just said he's hmm. doomed? <laughs> oh yeah, my core is. I, I don't, don't have, have a core. core. <laughs> <laughs> You're coreless. Uh, okay, put out a boat fire. A fire on a boat is a life-threatening catastrophe, so it's wise to have a plan in place before you leave shore. Step one: store fresh. Fire extinguishers in that blind lady knows when the extinguishers are fresh. She does. She <laughs> loves them. She knows about freshness. Store fresh fire. <laughs> Just picturing her like <laughs> at one point a husband and wife go in to tour and Danielle just sits on the uh porch yeah. with the woman and she's like, Your daughter's smiling really big right now. Because she's watching her through the window. Oh my anyway, God. all right. Store fresh fire extinguishers in locations near the galley. And the engine compartment, the two most likely locations for fire. Step two, if fire breaks out, move everyone out of the cabin and get them into life vests. Call VHF channel 16 to report the emergency. Prepare to abandon ship. Step three, fight the fire with extinguishers, keeping uh, a clear escape route behind you at all times. Always extinguish fires from the bottom up. We learned that on our fire episode. Yeah. And move back and forth, right? Plug a leak. Water is supposed to stay outside of the boat, but inevitably some gets inside due to rain or waves coming over the bow. That's not a big problem. However, when water invades because of a leak, the problem becomes quite real. Find the trouble spot. Your top priority is to locate the leak. If you can't find it, head for dry land fast. Check to see that the boat's drain plug is closed. If it's open, that's your culprit. Heal your heal your hull. That's good for you, just in general advice for you. I'm always Chris. wanting to heal my hull. You have to that's why you're in PT, right? Yeah. Yeah. To heal your hull. Yep. Working on it two times a week. <clears throat> if the leak is caused by a failed through hull fitting, stop it with a conical soft wood plug that should be tethered to the hull. Protect with plastic. If the hull is fractured due to impact, because maybe that's how you got lost in the first place. Oh right. Um, place a large plastic sheet across the leak on the outside of the hull. Secure the plastic with ropes. Water pressure will help hold it in place as you carefully head for land. Okay, I have two stories. Just so the um, just so the listener knows, if I only get to one, it's because we had to edit. But here we go. Deborah Kiley was no stranger to the seas. She had spent most of her life working as a crew member. On, oh, I didn't ask you if you were ready for a story. You didn't. Mm-mm. Are you guys ready for a story? Absolutely. No. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm always ready for a story. Okay. She had spent most of her life working as a crew member on yachts around the world. So she thought that signing up to crew the 58-foot sailing yacht Trash Man. Wait. In, o- <laughs> in October of 1982 was just another job. It would turn out to be anything but... John Lippeth, the captain of the ship, 
brought his girlfriend Meg Mooney along for the ride. I'm worried about this guy. You should be. <laughs> Trash man? Okay. The two, well, he's the captain. He's not the owner of okay. the ship. He's okay. the captain. The two other crew members on the ship were Mark Adams and Brad Kavanaugh. The plan was to take the yacht from Annapolis, Maryland, down to Florida to meet up with its owner. Okay. I guess Mr. Trash. The first, <laughs> the first please, that's my father. Um, the first half of the trip was pretty smooth sailing, although Kylie... So Kylie is our main uh, person here. Started noticing things that made her uneasy. Lipif, that's the captain, kept making excuses to go below deck, for instance. And Kylie soon realized that their captain was afraid of the ocean. What? <laughs> Oops. I've never done this before. I read an extended. OK, this is from a book. Uh-huh. And I read an extended passage from the book. Yeah. I didn't read the whole book, yeah. so I don't know. But I don't understand how he got to this point. I mean, I don't know how he got to be the captain that's of a yacht, amazing. having been afraid of the ocean. Lippitt and Adams, Adams is the one of the crew members, also spent the entire voyage completely drunk. Oh my lord! Of the five people on the yacht, only Kylie and Kavanaugh um, were experienced, capable sailors. After the boat passed North Carolina, the trip took a turn for the worst. A massive storm appeared out of nowhere and Trashman headed right into the heart of it. Kylie recalls wind speeds of over 70 knots and 40 foot waves. Oh, so powerful. They ripped holes in the boat. My God. Two days after they set sail, the yacht torn apart by the sea began to sink. Yeah. I'll They're say. just sitting on a sinking boat for two days. The crew managed to make it to a lifeboat, but not before the ship's rigging seriously injured Mooney, that's the girlfriend of the drunk captain, leaving severe lacerations on her arms and legs. Uh, her bleeding attracted sharks. No, 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 no. Oh, my who gosh. followed the lifeboat for the remainder of the journey. Oh. The crew found themselves adrift with no supplies or water miles from land. Two days after the trash man sunk, Lippeth and Adams, already dehydrated from alcohol yeah and dying of thirst began drinking seawater oh you dummies they started hallucinating and rambling incoherently on the third day lippeth that was probably a fun day for them though it was probably fun yeah right i mean yeah uh on the third day lip maybe he was had delusions of being able to crew a boat yeah to, to captain a boat uh, on the third day lippeth in a state of delirium jumped into the water and attempted to swim to shore he was immediately <laughs> He was immediately attacked and killed by the show. Oh no, my god. It's so horrible. But it's so horrible. It's like, but it's just... listen, if you're going to pretend you know how to sail, it's just the word immediately. <laughs> it's like hope. Soon Adams jumped aboard. I got this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> drunk don't know how to okay soon adams jumped overboard as well <laughs> okay i'm sorry muttering something about going to get some cigarettes oh no honey <laughs> maybe it's you're like, not maybe it's like you know how you always say like oh my husband went out to get cigarettes yeah and, and he never came back years ago <laughs> maybe he was practicing that line and just and then he got eaten by sharks the sharks attacked him also so violently that the boat spun around and the water turned red. <gasps> oh my God, that's grim. That night, Mooney, this is the girlfriend who got lacerations, succumbed to her injuries, mm. dying of blood poisoning. I feel bad for her. Jesus. Yeah. She didn't know what she was getting into. No, she just thought she was having a good time. She thought she was dating a boat captain that knew what he was doing. Right. 
Kylie and Kavanaugh, the only two left, had to toss her body overboard where she too was eaten by sharks. <laughs> Guys, not for nothing, this would be a really good Jaws movie. It would be such a good movie. It is, like I said, it is a book. So yeah. I don't know. Shortly after, Kylie and Kavanaugh, close to death themselves, were spotted by a Russian cargo ship off the coast of Cap- Cape Hatteras. The crew rescued them four days after they abandoned ship and five days after setting sail. She wrote a book called No Victims, Only Survivors, Ten Lessons for Survival. Oh. Yeah, so I would um, uh, check out that book. Cause I would change I, that title. There's at least three victims, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess she's saying she's not, she's not a victim. or Well, it's supposed to be a how-to book, so maybe it's like oh, there I wouldn't see, be... Yeah. There wouldn't be casualties if you if you'd like not gotten drunk. That's probably step one. Not don't pretend. get drunk. Don't fake a license. No, for, yeah. be a yeah, captain. Right. <laughs> don't bring your girlfriend along on a job. Okay, here's the second story. You ready? Yes. This guy's name is Steve Callahan. All right, it's written in the first person. I love boats and I've spent all my life around them. By my mid twenties, I was design. Oh, sorry. By my twenties, I was designing and building them. One of which was a six point five sloop I named Napoleon Solo. Not trash man. No. Hmm. Um, when I was twenty nine, I sailed her alone across the Atlantic. I'd been dreaming of doing it since I was twelve, and the crossing was exhilarating. On the return journey, the first week was calm, and when a gale started, I wasn't too concerned. I knew the boat, and I'd been through much worse. Late that night, something, probably a whale or a large shark, smashed into the boat with a deafening bang, creating a hole in the hull. Uh Uh-oh. I woke up in my bunk, water thundering over me. That's terrifying. Yes. Judging by the level it was coming in, I knew she was sinking fast. I felt an odd mixture of sensations, fear, panic, even slight amusement at the fact that there was a camera attached to the back of the boat taking these dramatic shots of the storm and my sinking boat that no one would ever see. Then I snapped into autopilot. I started to pack my life raft, but realized that I'd have to dive down into the cabin if I wanted to get essential survival items. So this is a guy who's prepared, but now his boat's flooding and he has to go get this stuff. Water, food, flares, a spear gun and sleeping bag. The boat was almost completely submerged, but I held my breath and went under again and again. Oh, my God. I know. It's terrifying. I remember the water below seemed so peaceful compared with the sea raging outside. I felt entering. I felt. I felt like entering a watery tomb. Oh, that's so scary. But that's, that's peacefully saying. Why do people do this? I don't know. I'm scared just hearing it. I clambered, exhausted, onto the inflatable rubber raft and attached it to the end of a rope that was tied to the boat. To me, it still felt like a lifeline. That night, I huddled under the canopy of my six-foot circular raft with waves beating the sides, constantly bailing out water with an old tin can. Just before dawn, the rope came free from the boat, and I knew I was totally alone. I was now adrift in the middle of the Atlantic, 800 miles west of the Canaries, but heading in the opposite direction. All I had was a little food and enough water for a few days. In the coming days, I had a lot of time to think, and I regretted every mistake I'd ever made. Like I, this one? Yes. <laughs> I was divorced and felt I had failed at human relations generally, at business, and now even at sailing. I desperately wanted to get through it so I could make a better job of my life. I kept a log, fished with my spear gun, and made water with a solar still, a contraption that took me days to get working properly, producing just over a pint a day. I guess the uh, solar still is something that uh, desalinates the water, oh, wow. I'm guessing. Okay. Around day 14, I saw a ship. 
lit a flare, and thought I'd been seen, but it just went right on by. Every morning came with a bit of hope, but each afternoon I was in despair. I did see a handful of ships, but none of them saw me. After a month at sea, I drifted right through the shipping lanes. As I moved a month... Can you imagine? No. But also just like you would go crazy. Like there's no one to talk to. There's no one. There's like. How do you not just throw yourself over this? I don't know. As I moved into tropical waters, it became hotter and the dehydration unbearable. One of the worst parts of being adrift for so long was the physical discomfort. The salt water soars on my skin, the hunger and constant thirst. (sighs) By day 50, I've been struggling for 10 days to keep the raft afloat with a pump after part of it ripped. I was at my lowest. I broke down and gave up. But then I got scared by the thought I would be dead in a few hours. I found a way to fix the raft, and it felt like the biggest victory of my life. The next phase was just hanging on to life, really, looking at my watch, watching the minutes drag by. In the last few days, the solar still is packed up, and I figured this must be the end. I, I guess that means it stopped working. Stopped working, it Backed sounds up, like. maybe. Yeah. I had three cans of water left. My body and mine were shutting down. It was as if I could feel all the... Pe- I mean, I get like this if I don't eat lunch. Yeah, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, if I don't have a snack bar in I my get car. Like, yeah, I get disoriented. Yeah. I don't know which end is up. We're, well, you know what we're never going to do? Be on a boat without food. Go out to sea Ever. alone. Um... My mind and body were shutting down. It was as if I could feel all the people who had ever been lost at sea around me. I had no more to give. Soon after, I was spotted by some fishermen off Guadalupe after they'd seen birds hovering over the raft. The fish fish guts that I had thrown back into the sea had attracted both seabirds and fish, and a whole ecosystem had sprung up around my raft. By the time the fishermen reached me, I had lost a third of my body weight, and it was six weeks before I could walk properly again. Oh, my Lord. I still don't regret my 76 days alone in the raft. To this day, I feel lightened by what I went through because it changed me for the better. But would I want to be adrift in the ocean again? No way. Wow. I'm Crazy, right? I, I want to hear from one person that's like, I completely regret that experience. Oh, I'm sure that first woman did. She must. I, I hope she says that in her book. If she's like, I don't know. If she's like, yeah, I know what you mean. People trying to make it's the you know, false positive. I would never change that experience because it taught yeah. me so much about how to live my life. I right. mean, I think you have to find a positive spin on it. But I'm also just amazed by people that are like, you know what sounds good? Going out into the ocean alone. I mean, this guy obviously is much more prepared than one For of sure. us would be. So. As horrible and 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 challenging as it was, at least he had some he had the knowledge right and he, skills. Yes. And it sounds like he did. It did change his life. I don't yeah. know. In my mind, he got back together with his wife. Yeah, I, I like they, to think and they that. made babies. I don't know. They're living happily together. They're living happily together. They go to Tahoe every year. Of course, they do. They have a place on Tahoe. Mm-hmm. That's why I like to think about them. I like to think that about them too. That was, those were great stories. That's you see why I couldn't choose. And there were a lot of stories. Like I found a site that had lots of stories and people who were adrift at sea longer than, than these uh, two were. But I thought these had so many elements to it. I mean, drama, intrigue, heartbreak, yes. just everything you want yes. in a story, Danielle. Some were, you know, people who were um, caught in the middle of a war and like would end up in the water, you know, for a year. <laughs> just crazy. Crazy shit. I mean, it's... It's a miracle. It is. What you're bringing to us. Thank you. (laughs) I agree. Um, I guess we'll be right back right after this. Yeah, I can't wait. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. 
Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. Danielle. Christine. I think you know what I'm going to ask. What I did during my break? Yep. I think you know what I'm going to answer. You went to the bathroom. Peed. Oh, That's it. so glad. You know, we can't come back with a full bladder. No. Our audience deserves. They deserve an empty, empty, full hearts, empty bladders. Yes. <laughs> can't lose. Is that from the blind side? <laughs> no, no, it's from Friday Night Lights. Oh, you know, I've never watched it, even though I love Kyle Chandler. How could you say oh you love God. Kyle Chandler and never wait, watch wait, that show? Where did it come from? I, exactly. Where does the point. love come from? Well, Sorry, I just No, that's I, okay, Sarah. I loved him early days when he was the time traveling... Oh, that show. Uh, from that the newspaper. show. Early edition. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we've See? talked about it before. Yes, we have. T- we've talked ad nauseum about and Kyle Chandler. And Bloodlines. Yes. One of the most memorable episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Again, I'm inserting myself before I've been introduced, Please. but okay. I can't not speak. We have, <laughs> I didn't know he was on Grey's Anatomy. I didn't know one that either. One of the either. most memorable episodes of season one or two, the episode where she has her hands in a patient that's about to blow up, like a bomb is in there, and if she oh, takes yeah. her hand out, it's going to blow up. My Kyle is like the... <laughs> it's is speed this, on a body. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> it, it totally was. Christina Ricci's in that episode. Oh, my it's a great, God. As a guest star and so is Kyle Chandler great great episode is he an EMT he's either the EMT or like a, a cop or he some, comes in right yeah and he's the, in the room yeah, and, and it's he's like telling dusty. her like yeah <laughs> it's a very memorable I scene. can't believe any of you have watched Grey's Anatomy but um you know what let me introduce <laughs> yes. our please do very funny and talented guest Sarah Schaefer she's a comedian she's a writer she's an artist yeah she's performing some live shows in LA go to her all her social medias. Mm-hmm. We're going to link it to this episode coming out. She and also has a book, Grand. You should yes. buy it, support our um, guest. And um, she's very funny. So thank you and for Sarah, being on the show, Sarah, I know Sarah. you from Twitter oh, because yeah. I watch your videos, which are hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Sarah has these videos that kind of give you like insight into showbiz mm-hmm. in a very sardonic way, which I appreciate. And they're just hysterical. And I've always, and, and Chris said, I'm going to, Book her and I'm like, oh my god, I love her. Yeah, so that's great. I'm <laughs> so excited. You. We're very Thank happy you. to have and, her. And then and you do miniatures, mm-hmm. which my son dabbles in a little bit. Yeah. So people always send me like links to miniatures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm at the point now where I'm so deep in it that when you just if you're listening and you're like start following me and you're like, oh, I saw something miniature and you think you're going to DM me and you think I haven't seen it yet. Right. You're F you. <laughs> right. I have, the algorithm is on me. Yeah. OK. It's got me. I got, I'm already follow all the accounts. I already know. Yes. By the time it hits you, it, I feel like the from the um, Devil Wears Prada. Like, <laughs> right. Like, it's no longer him. And this isn't blue. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's uh, yeah, I'm uh 
I'm deep in that world now. Well, I can't wait to show my my daughter Alex mm. is 10 and she is obsessed with making things mm. small. Like if we're making pancakes for breakfast, she's like, "Oh yeah. Can I make some miniature pancakes, mom?" With Are the batter serious? and I'm like, "Yeah, go ahead." And she'll make really tiny, tiny ones, ones, like a little drop. She'll yeah. stack them. She'll find something <gasps> oh, to make. I love it. A plate, a mm-hmm. small plate, she'll mm-hmm. stack them. Oh, really? Get a tiny, tiny bit of butter. Yes. A little bit of syrup and she's I like, "I really love that." And she's like, it, for her, she goes, Mom, this is so satisfying. Exactly. Wow. It That's really so hit something in her uh-huh. to make something, whatever it is, you know, she'll be like, I made the smallest plate of pasta. <laughs> you know, she likes to do food or if she food, likes to yeah. get clay and mm-hmm. she'll make the tiniest little bowl of fruit. Mm-hmm. Doesn't play with dolls anymore. Right, but likes mm-hmm. to make the things for the doll. Like, mm. yes, it's really it's fascinating. She sounds a lot like me. She really, yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put her on all of your. Um, She's gonna start DM DMing. How old you. is she? She's ten. Okay, well let's you know. You guys might sometimes hit on some, some inappropriate stuff slips onto my timeline. Teeny let's tiny just penises. Be yeah, no. <laughs> I will. Uh... <laughs> it's like my stand up. You know, if I would post a clip, I don't know if I would want a ten year old. Eh, most of it's clean. It's fine. She'll be fine. She's she's already seen some things yeah, with me as her mother, much, so yeah. it might it might be okay. Yeah. Um, so first half of the episode, Danielle. Yes. Why don't you uh, let the audience? Well, the first half of the episode, the we talked about being lost at sea, and now mm. we're going to talk about riding the waves with Sarah Schaefer. Yeah, yeah. Sarah. So give us some intel. Um, well, specifically for me, first of all, I'm glad I missed it because I am actually really afraid of the ocean. Mm. Um, Me too. I love the beach. Mm-hmm. I do not yeah. like the ocean. Yeah. Uh, I like Same. to be at the beach. I, I maybe dabble. Like yeah. I put my feet in. Yes. If it's a very calm day. And I'm talking my beach that I always have gone to is in North Carolina. Okay. It's much more calm than a Pacific Coast beach. Water's warmer, I imagine. Well, right. Soft sand, no mm-hmm. rocks. You oh, know, that it's, sounds it's ideal. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And um, But even then, yes. <laughs> I'm like, it's got to be like a lake for yeah. me to want to get in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I um, did a, it's what my book is about, actually. Oh. Um, I did an eight-day whitewater rafting trip through the Grand Canyon, 228 miles on the Colorado River experienced some of the biggest rapids you can experience now um, what uh, uh, yeah you have this fear of the ocean yeah I, what made you it was this like a way to challenge yourself a little bit yeah i don't i also don't think i understood fully what i was doing <laughs> getting into my sister um my little sister ross i was planning um for my 40th i i, I don't i hate group coordinated trips okay so I was like, let's do, I'll do a trip with each of my siblings. Oh, how many siblings <laughs> so is this? I have three siblings. Okay. Um, and so my little sister and I decided to do a trip. It, she lives in Flagstaff, Arizona, okay. which is very close to the Grand Canyon. And uh, she knew people who had done these trips. Um, she had friends who worked for this rafting company. Okay. Um, Grand Canyon Whitewater. Uh, <laughs> I love them. And... Um, She's like, we, you know, my friend's going to give us a deal. Do you want to do it? Let's go on an adventure. (laughs) And I'm like, that sounds amazing. I would love to do that. I do love nature. I like hiking, easy hiking. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I can do glamping, uh, car camping, but roughing it, not really something I've ever done. And so 
when we were preparing for it, my life was so busy leading up to it. I didn't fully grasp what we were doing until gotcha. I started like packing for it. And I've I, had surgeries like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not really sure what's going on here, but I think they're putting a tube in right. my ear. It's afterwards, my they're like, abdomen. oh yeah. my God, you don't have cancer. <laughs> right. And there's a, the surgeon is way more excited. I just went through that. The, can- the surgeon was way more excited than I, than I thought she should have been. And I was like, you really thought I had it. Oh, fuck. Um, oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, the the trip was, um, I mean, I just didn't understand. So, but this, there's different ways to do the Grand Canyon. um, But the trip I did, you know, my sister was like, it's like, it's luxury. Uh, (laughs) They cook for you. Everything's taken care of. You have a cot. I'm like, okay. And, and I'm like, well, what about a helmet? Do I need to buy? And she's like, no, we don't wear helmets. And I was like, what? <laughs> and yeah. she's like, the boats are so big that like they're almost unflippable. And I'm like, almost? <laughs> they're saying it can happen? <laughs> and so you're on the boat. It's motorized. So you're not having to what? row. Oh. It's a huge boat. I mean, like twice the size of this but room. But does it like, look like a raft? Like when you think of white a, water rafting? Yeah. It, it, so if you've seen, you've seen, if you've seen footage ever before, it um, and you see these like really big, they're um, typically light blue, and they're really big, um, and they have two like side tubes that. I don't know how it works, but the front is like a lip that folds up and like it's this just massive thing okay. that goes through these waves and there's um, up to like 20 people on the oh, boat. Oh, wow. Okay. Of course, when you Google like whitewater rafting on the Grand Canyon, the video you get is going to be like the most epic shredding you experience. You know, and I was like, I immediately like shut it off no. and was like, oh no. Yeah. And, you know, you're, but it was it, it i mean children can go on these trips like i think right. as young as 9 or 8 okay. or something and there might be a weight requirement too but um and old people are on you know it's really what you make it if you if you're going to do the motorized trip because okay. it does you don't have to physically get yourself down the river gotcha and um but it was also but it was physically very demanding you know just i mean as a very uncoordinated weak person like uh-huh. getting on and off the boat was stressful like it's slippery and like the river is raging and you're yeah. like having wow. to like um and you're sleeping outside it was too hot to sleep inside the tent Okay. So I never slept outside before, like with nothing over me. And that was really scary knowing there were like, you know, snakes and scorpions and all kinds of shit down there. um, So it was overwhelming in terms of the experience. You know, the very first day, you know, it was, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, because I'm thinking this is like a movie or like a ride Uh that's been curated for you. At the very end, you do the worst thing. No, but it was like, this is a river you can't control. (laughs) You have to get in where you get in. And it was like, literally after lunch, they were like, all right, we're about to hit some big rapids. We're going to get our first class eight. And like, oh my God, that sounds bad. In the Grand Canyon. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but it sounds bad. The Grand Canyon, so most rapids are on a a one to five scale, but in the Grand Canyon, they do one to 10 for some reason. And so eight is very high. And, um... It's, but it's not crazy. Like if you if you're listening and you're like, I thought five was the highest. What yeah. the hell? Like, oh, you know, gotcha. Ten is the highest in the in the Grand Canyon. 
Um, and then I think above that, it's like unnavigable. Like, you <laughs> know, like, get like out. don't, yeah. no one should do that ever. They'll immediately die. I guess the Ni- Niagara Falls would be considered yeah. unnavigable, <laughs> unnavigable, even though people still do it sometimes, I guess, in a barrel or whatever. <laughs> in cartoons. But yeah, the, the first big rapid, I mean, I was really really scared and i was hyperventilating afterwards like it was so scary i mean is water just coming in so you're like i didn't you just don't understand it until you're in it but the way i would describe it is you know you've done those like uh rafting rides at like the amusement park where you're in the round thing Mm -hmm. and it's all controlled and you like hit a thing and you kind of go up and over but in the grand canyon when you hit a rapid um you are literally going straight down like it feels like you're going straight down a waterfall even though it it it, when you look at it because it's so big when you look at it you're like that does that just looks like rapids you don't understand that it's a change in elevation a lot of the times it's causing wait do you mean you're getting air sometimes yeah you're, you're getting air but like you you go like you go down and then you hit the water i mean if this is what i I, I'm trying to remember some of it because it's like, if you want the, the real story, you got to buy my book. I, um, <laughs> no, I'm giving you the short version. But when you, when we get to this first big rapid, um, the guide on our boat goes, if it feels like you're underwater, it's because you probably are. And I was like, what? I'm like thinking oh, no. you're going to go underwater and you do, you go straight down <gasps> or, or like, you know, Maybe it's not straight down, but it's it feels like straight yeah. down. You go up over what feels like a huge hill, and then you go down. It's just like a roller coaster. <sighs> and then you slam a wall of water, and yeah. then it's just you're covered. I mean, and it's really cold. Oh. Even in the middle of the oh summer, the water is very I cold. Bet. Yeah, it's like 55 degrees. No, thank and, you. you know, on a hot day, that feels great. But when it on the days that are overcast or rainy down there, um, it's brutal like you're just yeah ah, ah. and even though you're in full rain gear on those days a little bit just going down your like oh my you know. god but um yeah the, the big rapids were really crazy and at one point we got stuck um and it was we were we were going through this um rapid called crystal falls or crystal rapid and you go through and it's one of these rapids that like they always tell you the story of the rapid and it's like this rapid you know or some some lore like as you're approaching it and then they're always like okay two hand two 25 hand- people died yeah. here yesterday <laughs> hold yeah, on right well so they don't tell you that kind right. of stuff and then like you're and you're supposed to like hold the only thing holding you holding you on the boat is you so you're holding on to like a strap here yeah. and like a rope here okay. and you have to have two opposing handholds. Okay. So that holds you on the boat and you're just like uh, like a rag doll. I mean, you oh really are just God. like flying and yeah. bumping and hitting and like, you know, just it's so crazy. And like at one point someone did fall off <gasps> like the boat. I mean, it just when you realize I'm summarizing here, but the the point I'm trying to get to is like when you realize you're on this fun trip and it feels so controlled and you realize you're not in control at all. Right. And because you, you're uh, lucky. 
you like, know <laughs> like what you were saying about it being a ride at a park yeah. you're like I've been on you know roller coasters and which I hate I hate roller coasters but I've been like okay this is going to end and and this is all controlled and it will end but this is this is nature and you don't know what's going to yeah, happen yeah and statistically speaking you're not going to die right but um you know people do die down there and it's you know it, it there was just last a couple of weeks ago a a a boat one of the boats I was kind the type of boat I was yeah. on did flip and someone died seriously yeah and it's it's so anyway we go through this crystal falls rapid thing and it's like a class 10 it's like one of the two biggest ones in the river and i'm like so nervous because they had sort of been like we're gonna hit some really big water today we're going through the roaring 20s you know like they call (laughs) they have different yeah you know mile 20 is like crazy and mile this or whatever and um they have all this shorthand that they use and you know um, these guides are so experienced and skilled, but every day is different. The so, water levels, sure, you know the conditions, everything. And so, I just want to understand for a second. So, you you raft for s- some amount of time every day, yeah, and then you pull over yeah. and camp you, out. Yeah, you just camping on the side. There's no structures there's no i was like oh there's gonna be little like cabins yeah a little like uh, water spigots and yeah. things like that no, nothing and it's leave no trace so you cannot leave anything anything crumbs right. anything behind everybody pooped in a can and we brought it on the <laughs> it was like oh, this Jesus. giant tank that everybody pooped in like our poop all went into this big tank together that's this is the part that when i people read my book they're like i was thinking about maybe doing this but when i read about the poop the, in a the, tank it's called the groover um, they were they were done. They were like, I can't do the Groover, can't do it. Uh, so every day when you're pulling over yeah. and you're, I, I don't know how else to say it, pulling over. <laughs> yeah, you pull over. Yeah. Uh, and you and are, are you thinking, I I can't wait to do this again, or this is horrible. I can't believe. And first of all, how many days total was it? It was eight days. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. It's a long time when you're down there. You're so like, holy what, shit. What were your <laughs> after what was day? Your, yeah, after day one, were you like, I got to stop this is terrible or are we like um, what, what's your state of mind I was never like I hate this get me out of here okay. um, I went into it I I had a, a, a not to keep referring to my book but I had an emotional struggle while I was down there that I didn't anticipate mm. like of because I have really bad anxiety and negative thinking that yeah. is on a loop and it was louder than it's ever been down there. Of and it course. was like, wow, maybe when you remove all the distractions, the screens ah. and the your life's little, you know, chores, uh, all you're left with is yourself and your stupid thoughts. Right. And I just really <laughs> but I kind of came out on the other end of it, like almost purged temporarily <laughs> from it. OK, um, but physically it was extremely difficult the first two days because I was like just uncomfortable and um, didn't sleep. I mean, sleep was a real issue down there for me and like, you know, how hot it was and like, yeah, um, you're just on the hard ground. You're on a little cot, which is not big enough, you know, (laughs) and and you have to put it together yourself every night. That's where I'm. (laughs) Everyone just starts shaking their heads uh -uh. like, hell no. I'll poop in a can, but I'm not putting together a cot. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, we didn't have to cook for ourselves. I think that would have put it would just been too exhausting to do everything. Um, But um, but yeah, we we. but there was just so much magic. I mean, there you know, you go on these little side hikes, and there were like 
green water glisten glistening tropical paradise waterfall pools wow. that you could swim in and like you just it, it was magic there was so much stuff that happened that was i mean and you're in the grand canyon yeah. yeah. So you're looking at the Grand Canyon the whole time and you're you're realizing you never understood the Grand Canyon because the first time I went, I was disappointed. I was like, this looks like a painting. Like, That's I don't even heard. understand yeah. it. It's yeah. just too hazy yeah. and like it's too big for you to grasp. I think yeah. seeing it from an airplane is actually um, better, more intense uh-huh. than, than seeing it. When you walk up to it and you're yeah. like, okay, I heard, saw yeah. a picture of this online. What's different? And you get a little scared that maybe you would fall in. 100%. That That's how I feel too. I'm yeah. always like, I don't need to get closer. Yeah, don't don't look up how many people <laughs> fall into the grain or jump in. It's uh, it's more than I would like. You really? Know? <laughs> yeah. I've never been there, but I have heard that like, yeah, yeah you, you get slip, there. You're, it's over. I mean, it's too high up. Uh, you know, it's a mile deep. That's why I'm gonna, I don't even <laughs> want to take my kids there because they always get closer to edges than I feel uh, comfortable with. I get, yeah. You know, and I I'm always them. like, move back, move back, move back. Yeah, I'm well, that person. Plus, yeah. Alex only likes tiny things. So exactly. She's yeah. she like, <laughs> nah, I, can I make a small version of this? Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, the when you're in it, it's a different, it's a much better experience, I think. You're just so overwhelmed by all of it. And the, the guides that we had were so knowledgeable yeah. about everything from history to culture uh, um, and geology, like astronomy. You know, just oh, wow. you just had this influx of like wonder. Um, oh, OK. That's good to know. And terror. Yes. You know, but with the, the, the big the big moment where I really was like, this is like halfway through the trip. I was like, because uh, halfway through, I'm like, I'm getting it. I'm, uh-huh. I'm really experiencing yeah. uh-huh. things and. Yes, my brain is fucking with me, but I am having an adventure. It's so cool. Sure. Things are starting to happen. I'm starting to sleep a little better. And, right. You know, and then we do this rapid that was um, that just stopped me in my tracks and was like, okay, at any moment this could all like tra- like become the most traumatizing <sighs> thing that's ever happened to you. Um, so oh <laughs> we God. went through this rapid, Crystal Falls or Crystal Rapid, and. You have to go around this rock. It was formed by like a huge, um, because the river can change overnight from a storm or or a landslide or, Uh you know, a a debris flow or anything from all the little side canyons. You know, it it can change overnight. A huge rapid can come in and fuck everything up. And um, so in the 80s, this rapid formed from a giant like, you know, rock fall or something. And you have to get around these rocks in the river and... um, you know, we get around and earlier in the trip, we had a moment like you don't realize what's happening when you're in the rapid because you're just screaming and holding on for dear life. And then at the end, everyone's like, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and, um, oh, my God. Um, and there was a couple times where like our engine, like they were working on it, oh. like <laughs> tuning it up. And sure. I'm thinking, oh, they'll take care of it. We'll sure. know if something's really wrong. And we go through Crystal Rapids and we get around the, the rocks and we get um, the engine gave out in the middle of it. So we were just at the whim of the river at this point. Thankfully, the river put us over to the left bank and um, we got stuck there. So the other boat had to come over and I mean, they went into action. It was like, you know, running. These guys can like. They're like geckos, like they run up and down the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> They're like on the boat. Like I'm like, for me to move two inches on the boat, I'm like, hold on, everybody, hey, help me! <laughs> right, right. And they're like, like all over the boat, and they've got ropes, and they're trying to get us away from the because we're just stuck. And you know, wow. they had said, you know, 
So I'm like, what happens if we're stuck? I'm thinking, what is going on? A rope like flies and like whips me on the leg and I'm like bleeding and I'm like, yes, I'm injured. You know, like I'm so excited at this point. I'm part of nature. Yeah, we get stuck. They unstuck us and we're like, oh, wow. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, that was my adventure. You know, the near death experience, like not even close. Right. So we, we get back into the river and we're just, you know, now it's calm and, you know, you have that adrenaline dump in your body Mm -hmm. and the euphoria that you feel and everyone's like smiling and laughing and we see the boat in front of us um kind of like you can see the boat teddy was his name he would uh he was like clearly like he loved like pontificating and like um and he you could see that he was like telling the boat something like in the distance and they (laughs) but the boat was sort of like veering towards the literal sheer cliff face of the grand canyon the boat hits the wall and this dude uh, flies off the boat. <gasps> it, it, he wasn't holding on. Oh. And that was, they were like, the only way you're going to fall off a boat is if you're not holding on uh-huh. when we're telling you to hold on. Right. Obviously, there are times where like you cannot be holding on. But when we tell you right. to hold on, right. you got to hold on. And he wasn't holding on when they hit. And he fell in. And... Everyone, we were all like, like over on our boat, and everyone just fell silent because we could see and we could hear his wife scream, like echo off the the canyon walls, and and we're just waiting for him to come up. Yeah, like they're trying to see where he is. Yeah, and it felt. I mean, maybe it was ten, twenty seconds, but it felt like an eternity. His little head pops up. And then he gets sucked back up there <gasps> again. Oh my Blank. god! And I was like, what? "No!" And I'm thinking, "This whole thing just went to shit." I'm about to see a guy die. Yeah. That's what I feel like. And they're they're positioning the boat like they know what to do when someone falls in. Um, but he gets pulled under three times, <gasps> and he has a life jacket on. By the way, the, we all have life jackets on because of the rapid. So on um, when you look at when you're in a river. And you see what looks like very flat, calm water um, in the middle of like where there might be some other like gentle rapids. Mm -hmm. Um, And it looks really flat, but it looks a little I've learned now all these things about water. But like it looks just a little like elevated, like puffy. Okay, Uh And it looks like it's sort of spreading out over the surface of something. Um, What that is indicating is that water is coming up. And it's spreading out over the surface on the top. And that means around the edges of that, um, I mean, I guess they would call it an eddy or something yeah. like that. But around the edges of that, it means water is going down. And so there's a flow down that's okay. pulling oh, you Jesus or anything Christ. in there. And he, um, w- you know, they got him out. Everyone's like, thank you, God. Oh, my God. And we get to our next break where we're having lunch. Everyone's gathered around him. Everyone's talking about it. And. He's like, first off, you know, my life jacket wasn't on tight enough. I had it loose. I wasn't <gasps> holding on the way they, you know, he's like, I wasn't following the things that they told me. This made me feel better. I yes. was like, well, yes, of course, you weren't We're following, following the rules. <laughs> right. And I'm a rule follower. So I'm going to be OK, buddy. You're an idiot. I'm smart. <laughs> you know? And he's telling me, but he said, he goes, you know, the third time I got pulled under, I thought I can't. Uh, the next time I do this, I'm going to drown because I can't get a breath. He couldn't, he wasn't above high enough, long enough to get a good breath in. And he was like, I'm a goner. And I mean, it was, that's so scary. He was thanking the guys for saving him. And it was just very, it was like, 
everyone was like smiling, but there was a moment amongst the group <sighs> yeah. that was like, uh, and then, sorry, I know one more thing. Okay. Uh, you, so obviously you can die in the water down there, which yeah. was scary. And we were like, we started doing like cliff jumping and things like that, which wow. I never in a million years would do. Like, I hate even going off like a little diving board. Like I hate jumping into water. Yes, it's terrifying. We did a really big one that was like 30, 15 feet oh, or something God, like that scary. into the river directly. And it was, oh my um, God. it was really, really scary. And I would never do that again after uh, the feel, my sister and I talk about it, like, because you go so deep in the water when you jump yes. in. That's the scary part to me. And it's, and we talked about how cold and dark it mm. feels when you're down there. <sighs> and then you're like, which way is up? And like all that feeling of yes. just get to the, and it take, it feels like it takes so long to get to the surface that yes. you just, oh. the panic you feel. But anyway, the other scary thing that we encountered which ended up being like not a big deal, but it was just a reminder that brought up some stories that people started telling, which was the people. So if you've ever seen the Kevin Bacon uh, uh, film, yes. River, Wild. River Wild. I've been thinking about that. We joked about it the whole time, like leading up to it. We're like, is this going to be a Kevin Bacon situation? We're like, you know, we were on the boat with criminals and like it ends up being like Did you murder. See this, it's now, such I, a funny, ha- crazy movie. I haven't <laughs> seen it, but I know people who have seen it. So in that way, I am linked to the movie. <laughs> you were linked to the story. I have the Kevin Bacon effect because Yeah. Okay. So exactly. no, I, I don't I don't think I remember yeah, the title, but I don't think Meryl Streep is in yes. it. It's really good. And but, he's and, the guy that's the bad guy, Kevin yeah, Bacon. Yeah. And it's just nuts. The movie yes. is just insane. <laughs> yes. But um uh anyway, so we were joke make jokes about that and stuff, but there was a guy on the trip that was creepy and he for oh, some no. reason it fixated on me and <gasps> was like sexually harassing me throughout with oh, like my God. throughout the trip but it was like jokes cuz once that group finds out you're a comedian oh yeah um, which that was on you yeah that was on me i should have come up with the lie from the beginning yeah. but i felt like i couldn't be dishonest down there you know it just <laughs> strips away everything you know <laughs> down to your soul this is like N- nicole kidman stuff <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah exactly so yeah um he would make a lot of sexual jokes towards me that were really creepy and uh well he was a comedian too see he thought he was like i'm funny listen to this and you think guys like that think you you're a comedian so So you you can can take take yes yeah and so then you're you're trapped in the which i've we've all been in if you if you're a funny woman in the world and you're known as that it's well you can't take a joke i thought you were a comedian then they start questioning your whole do, do a joke tell yeah. me tell yeah. me a joke oh my god and it yeah. just i just know where it goes so i would just sort of like nod and and then i'd go and tell my boat because he was on the other boat i'd tell um what do we call ourselves i think we called ourselves fun boat because <laughs> we were the fun <laughs> yeah <boat. laughs> um i'd tell fun boat what had happened and and i would kind of tell it like listen to what jim said oh my god and then at one point the the river guy was like i have an axe just so you know. <laughs> I was like, and I realized like no one else thought it was funny. And I was like, I don't think it's funny either, but this is my way of dealing with it uh-huh. is by being able to tell you guys and be like, did you hear what he said? You know? Yeah. Because what are we going to do? 
like right. You're trapped for me to yeah. a guy right. down here. This is like not gonna happen. I mean, it was pre-me too, but like yeah. cancel him from the, yeah. Like, yeah. what are we gonna do? And so, and then it culminated with him being having like a crazy breakdown on the last night. No so anyway, way. Yeah, like he got really super drunk and was like howling at the moon, and like we. Oh my My God. sister deals with. Uh, she works um, uh, with like the, you know, with individuals who are homeless and mm-hmm. runs a shelter and all this stuff. So she like deals with, she knows how to deal with crisis mm-hmm. and mental health stuff. And like, you know, and she just was, saw his behavior and was like, we got to put him to like, we have to go get the guides because they would sleep on the boats and we would sleep oh, on the shore. Okay. Cause he was acting crazy in the campsite. Well, after everyone went to sleep wow. oh and it was God. the very last night and they had yeah. to get him and like, kind of camp time next. to a tr- like tree. sit next to him yeah <laughs> so this is the question are you glad you did it i am glad i did it because i it helped save my book that i was writing because oh. <laughs> <laughs> i got to write about it for the book that's i didn't know that i was going right. to end up writing about it when i went in but it, it afterwards i thought god that's such a fun story and it really i really went through some shit down there and i could yeah. frame it you know and write my other stories from my life in this Okay, well, trip. I for one device. am going to get the book. It's called Grand, right? Grand, yeah. And, and um, but I am glad I did it. it. I I accomplished things I didn't think I could do. Jumping off the cliff, even I though I don't think I would do that ever yeah. again. Yeah, um, I'm proud of myself for trying. Yes. And yes. I fear is dominated my life. Same. In many ways, even though people, some people would consider me brave because I perform and right. do, you know, there's mm-hmm. different types of bravery, right. but um. Other than that, I am uh, very cowardly. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a, a, I am not regretful at all. I'm really, really glad I did it. And I would like to do it again. Oh, um, I love that. I know. I, I hear these things and I'm like, I want to try that. But then with the specifics, I don't know. That is kind of really scary. It's only eight days. And there's only shorter, eight days. there are so shorter long. trips you can do. But I recommend the eight day because it's just more complete. Yeah, and you—it's you, long enough to really get rid of the outside world. Mm-hmm. Like I truly was like hoping we would come out and like Trump would be dead or something right, crazy right. Oh had happened. I mean, the only thing that happened then was um, John McCain passed away. That was the big news okay. while we were down there. But You're like was I was it. hoping for somebody else. Yeah, John McCain passed away and Louis C.K. started performing again. <laughs> like, oh, and it was like, oh, okay. I'm going back to the going back. One more question I have mm-hmm. for you is what would be your how to survive advice for anyone who's thinking about taking this trip? Um, number one, whatever they say to pack, follow that list and do not add other things to okay. your bag because you're going to get really, everyone else has to lift your bag too. And uh, because it's like a, a oh, okay. fire line thing, yeah. you unload the boat all together. Oh. So if your bag is really heavy, people get pissed. Okay. Right? And you're going to be pissed at yourself. You don't, you maybe need a, a tiny duffel bag of stuff. You're going to you wear the same it. outfit the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're going to smell. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, and then the other is uh, uh, to hang on. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't let, go. let go. And tighten that life <laughs> A lot jacket. of metaphor down there. There's a lot of metaphor. Come right. ready. With a notebook to write down all the metaphors that you will now, <laughs> you will never be able to talk about life the same. <laughs> um, and then uh, Aquaphor. Aquaphor. For, you for get real dried and cracked. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good idea. There's so many little things like that of like, it's stuff to pack, like the right things. And that you can always, if you do one of these trips, you can talk to the company that you're going with and uh-huh. they'll, they'll give you the, the skinny. 
I love this. Yeah. But I want to go back because I want to share it with other people. I want yeah. my husband to do it with me. I want mm. like everyone to do something like that if you're fortunate enough to have the time yeah. and resources to do it. It's an incredible place. It's made me want to protect, um, you know, the rivers. And yeah. And your notebooks. And, and notebooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Protect the rivers. Bags. Protect your notebooks. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming here. And thank telling you for letting me just spew. No, I know <laughs> a story for as Such long as I did. Great story. And and uh, I will read the book for sure. And uh, and you should check out Sarah's stand up and her one person show and her artwork and her Twitter because she's brilliant. Thank you. And we will be right back with what did we learn today? Yes. Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chris, Mm -hmm. are you ready to learn what we learned today? I'm all ears. Compulsion is a 1959 American crime drama film directed by Richard Fleischer. The film is based on the 1956 novel of the same name by Meyer Levin, or as I call him, Meyer Meyer Levin, which in turn was a fictionalized account of the Leopold and Loeb murder trial. Since 1906, the word tarp has been common shorthand for tarplin. Today, tarps are just as likely to be made from vinyl or polyethylene, but they were once uniformly heavy canvas that had to be treated with tar to make it water resistant. Hence. That's right. I did look that up and did forget it. Find your favorite Harry Potter character in the sky and hope you make it home. (laughs) (laughs) When fishing, avoid turning yourself into a Looney Tunes character when casting your hook. (laughs) You don't want to hook the raft. But what if you did? That would be almost more impressive. It would be hilarious for yourself, and you need a laugh out there. Yes. <laughs> Keep those hulls healed. Oh, I'm oh, always this, healing my hull. This is good to know. 70 knots is over 80 miles per hour. I was wondering. That's great. A solar still distills water with substances dissolved in it by using the heat of the sun to evaporate water so that it may be cooled and collected, thereby purifying it. And I believe you had a well actually on us danielle danielle Danielle. Uh oh what do we do well i got a news article sent to me (laughs) by a friend of the show regarding volcanoes Uh oh so recent episode the news article is from the la times the headline reads that rag (laughs) three california volcanoes are at the top of federal volcano threat list but we did say that there were volcanoes in California. So what are we well actualing? I think they're active volcanoes. Oh, okay. So we just should be um, mad at ourselves right now. I don't know. I honestly don't remember from that long ago what 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 this is well actualing. I think um, I didn't say they were they weren't I active. Think we thought there were there were 
active volcanoes, volcanoes in, in Cal- our vicinity. Okay. All right. I'm I'm actually I'll take it. Are you properly actually? <laughs> I'm properly actually. Listen, something exciting. Yeah. Uh, you can, as a listener, sign up to be on our email list. That's right. Go to our website. Sign up. You just go to the website and it prompts you to sign up. Right. And then you're going to be in the know about new episodes, new merchandise, yes. live events, everybody. You want to know. And our website is www.podhowtosurvive.com. Yay. And as always, remain, remain calm. calm.